0: Hey everyone, it's Bobby Newsom, and I want to welcome you to In Focus Podcast. Every week, we will be delving into many discussions and topics, looking at them all through the lens of Scripture, allowing Christ and His Word to keep us in focus. Hey everybody, this is Bobby. I want to thank you for listening to In Focus Podcast today. I'm so excited about the show that we have. Um, I want to remind you. Uh, before we get started, to like us on Facebook uh, at the InFocus podcast Facebook page. You can find it at, at Infocus InFocusPod. That is at In Focus Pod. Um, you like that page, it'll keep you updated on what's going on with the podcast anytime we get a new episode out. Um, and So I, I hope everybody's been enjoying um, the episodes that we've had so far. And I'm excited today um, to have a guest with me i have him kind of introduce himself and, and talk a little bit about what he has going on. I'm excited to have Tom Sears here today. So we are going to get started. Um, and so Tom, it's good to have you today. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Bobby. I have really been enjoying the in focus podcast.
0: Appreciate that. Um, so, he actually has a radio show himself, What's Important Now Radio, and it's been on for many years. I'll have him kind of tell how long it's been on and everything, but I'm just going to give him an opportunity before we get started just to kind of tell everybody about kind of what he's into um, and about his about his radio show and all of that. Tom, just kind of let the people know um, to tell them a little, bit about, a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, again, first, it's an honor to be here. I am Tom Sears and Uh, We've had the What's Important Now radio program actually airing since 2003. We've been blessed to have it air uh, all across the nation. It's uh, currently uh, on every podcast platform that you can imagine. And um, what we do on the What's Important Now radio program is we take two passions of mine, which happen to be American history and Christianity, as a Christian, I believe that America was founded upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, and just what I try to do is take a look at the issues that are facing our country and, you know, apply it, the Bible to it. What, is, what does the Bible say? Where is American Bible prophecy? We, we talk about a lot of different issues. Uh, personally, I am a married father of three. I coach, I teach um, at the local high school and honored to be there and a part of my community and have had the privilege to travel around the world, specifically in India to minister the gospel. And so trying to make the best use of my life as I possibly can.
0: Yeah, you definitely, you definitely stay busy. Um, can, can you just tell the folks a little bit about, um, just a little bit about your ministry in India? Yeah, we've been
1: we've been privileged to be a part of ministry in India since 2008, and one of our greatest accomplishments uh, through the Lord has been we've been able to build multiple churches, and one specifically in a leprosy colony, which we were very, very proud of. Uh, they had no place to worship. They were actually worshiping on the streets when we met them, and we were able to build them a church. And so one of the things about our outreach in India – and I learned this very early on, is that you know, you can fly in and you can preach and make a bunch of promises, and then they may never see you again. And I see that happens a lot in missions. And so I made up my mind very early on that we were not going to do that. We were going to come back and we were going to work with the communities and the ministers uh, year after year and build relationships. And I've actually had the opportunity to watch young children grow into young adults. It's been an amazing experience. So, uh, very blessed to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, I know that's a, that's a great ministry that you guys do. I've been uh, privileged to watch that. Um, and as you've done that throughout the years and to see a lot of the, um, Normally, when you'll come back from one of the trips, you normally come over to the church and speak. And it's, it's just awesome to um, be able to see what, what you're doing over there also. Um, like I said to everybody, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of this is kind of a hobby for me for the most part. Uh, but Tommy, I, well, let me say this. T- Tommy's my cousin. So um, I'm going to call him Tommy because that's what I always call him. <laughs> and because <laughs> if I said I was going to call him Tom, that I'd end up calling him Tommy anyhow. So it sounds
1: so. weird. It sounds weird with you calling me Tom.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I never call you Tom. I just call you Tommy. So uh, but we are we are first cousins. um, So we know each other very well. Uh, But I wanted to have him on because, like I said, this is this is basically a very new thing for me. um, The whole podcasting thing. And but he has been doing radio. Oh, how how many years did you say? 13 years? Is that what you said?
1: Since since 2003. So what is that? Seventeen, I guess.
0: Had yet, yeah, almost seventeen years. So he, he's kind of uh, uh, you know he's 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 kind of been doing this for a while. But I wanted to have him on today, as as he said when he was talking about his show, he, he puts a, a lot of emphasis on America um, and the church in America and um, you know the uh, America the the religion in America and and how God works in America and. I don't know um, if, you know, I wanted to let everybody know we're going to be talking about a series that he recently um, is putting together. And I don't believe it has dropped yet. But before I talk about that, I just um, got done listening to his last um, radio show. Um, and if if you have not listened to that, um, find his podcast and listen to that. It's called The Cycle of C- Civilizations. And I was telling him before we got on here, I've actually listened to it three times. It was It was really good. And it goes through some awesome stuff. Can you talk about that podcast for just a little bit? I know, um, you know, just kind of give the some of the, maybe the bullet points about what that podcast is. Because listen, if if you listen to that podcast, you you will definitely be blessed by it.
1: Well, the the birthing of that actually started many years ago in a high school classroom. My high school history teacher. Uh, was teaching about the cycle of civilizations. And I can remember, even though being completely and totally uninterested at the time, I can remember it kind of taken, being taken aback by his discussion about how, you know, historically, civilizations, they, they have a lifespan. And you can study those lifespans, and there are common factors in each civilization that not only leads to their rise, but ultimately to their fall. And so I I've been working on this uh, program, this idea for some time. And what we do is we talk about the eight stages that civilizations go through. And of course, you know, American history being my passion, I talk about where I think America is and the eight stages, if I can remember them off the top of my head, is that you go from bondage to uh, spiritual growth. You know, it leads to spiritual growth from spiritual growth You experience uh, courage. Courage leads you to liberty. Liberty leads to abundance. And really, that all sounds really good up to that point, but that's where it starts going downhill because when you get to abundance, we find that civilizations actually become complacent. And then from complacency, they go into apathy. And from apathy, they go into dependence. And from dependence, they go back to bondage. And so. You know, you can kind of discuss, and it, it's an interesting discussion for me to talk about where America is currently. Of course, it's a, it's a thought, it's a theory, it's a guess, but at the end of the day, we can see uh, the fingerprints of some of these things on American society.
0: Yeah, it was, like I said, that podcast, it really lays it out. And you can see um, through that cycle, you can see how America has followed along in that, just the same as other civilizations have through time. So if you get an opportunity... um, find that and, and, and listen to it. As a matter of fact, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to post that on the in Focus podcast, Facebook page. So by the time you guys are hearing that, that will already be posted. So you can just go directly to that and link onto that. And then you can just subscribe to his podcast. Um, on your own uh, so that you can get, you know, so you can get notifications when he's on. You know, it's amazing you're talking about that as, as we're recording this. Now, by the time everybody hears this, it'll, it'll be over. But we, as we're recording this, tonight is the first presidential debate and our nation is in, um, it is a different time, I believe, than, than we've ever seen. And we see so much, um, so much going on, so much that has changed in just the last 20 years, so, so many things have, have changed uh, and there's a lot of questions about where America is at and, and not only where America is at, but where is America going? So I want to, Tommy, if you could, I, I would just like for you to kind of tell us a little bit, um, you know, you don't want to give it all away because I know you're going to be dropping, um, dropping yours, I believe, this weekend, but tell us a little bit about the series you're about to do called America, the American Destiny series.
1: Well, again, it's just birthed from my passion of American history. And, you know, as you study American history, you begin to see some of these, uh, uh, you know, one of the things my high school history teacher said, and it's a common phrase, but he said it so many times. Those who fail to learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them. So and, you know, Solomon, actually, he he believed that there's nothing new under the sun, that it's this cycle uh, for human beings. And so when you apply that that logic to history and and American history, you begin to find that we are following in some of the same steps of civilizations that went before us. And so the very first set of programs that I'm going to drop uh, is in the American destiny series is America's economic destiny. And so what we talk about on that program, and we've been working on it literally for months, is that America's economy you know as a capitalist country, as a, a free market type country we're actually beginning to see the sands shifting a little bit and uh, we're beginning to see socialism actually come in to our country. And, uh, so we're going to talk about not only the dangers of socialism and, you know, the, the American destiny series is not, is not necessarily a prediction to where I say, well, this is where we're headed and this is where we're going to end up. It's more like we're at a crossroads. And if we continue to go in this direction, this is where we'll be, but you know, we can turn, we can go in a different direction if we choose someone, um, someone asked me about the cycle of civilizations. They said, hey, Tom, do you think that, you know, that we are destined to go back into bondage? And I said, well, you know, historically, there's never been a nation or a civilization that has avoided this cycle. But America has done a lot of things that the world hasn't done before. The reason for that is because America has put their faith, their trust, and their hope in a great and an almighty God. We followed in his word. We followed in his steps. And uh, as we deviate and we are deviating, but as we deviate from that course, then naturally some negative things are going to happen. There's going to be some negative consequences for our, our poor decisions.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. As a matter of fact, I believe we are seeing now uh, the consequences of even generations before for your and my generation. Um, we're seeing, you know, a nation that, that no longer sees through the same lens that they, that they used to. And it's kind of hard to watch at times. Uh, but I, I like what you said there, that that America has has always been a the kind of a nation that that does what others don't. And that's just that's just always been the type of people that we are. And do you say so do you believe that that America can pull out of this do you believe America can pull out of where we're at right now
1: well i i believe you know second chronicles seven 14 t- teaches us that you know any people can you know that if we'll turn from our wicked ways if we'll repent you know then he will come in and heal uh, unfortunately for me i actually i i i question whether or not we are in a point of no return um like I said, it's a crossroad. What decision are we going to make? And I think, you know, you you referenced presidential election. Uh, I think some big time decisions are going to be made by this country. Are we going to begin to stand up for what's right? Or are we going to continue to go down a road that gets further and further away from God? And, I, and what I can predict, and I think it's a very fair and honest prediction, is that if we don't turn back to God, and we continue to go down this road, what's going to happen are some very serious consequences. You know, that, that first uh, part of our series on economics is the same thing for our economy. America was not built to, to be socialist. America was not built uh, with some, for some of the programs that, that are coming into this country. And we can study world history and we can take a look at other nations that have decided to go this direction. And it's just never worked out well. And it seems like America is going in that direction, but it's because we have deviated from the precepts of the word of God. That's where the problem lies. And it sounds like such an easy fix, but people are so set in their ways anymore. They're 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 we're like a runaway train. uh, And if somebody doesn't get up there and get control of the train, uh, we're going to go off the cliff. Um, I I think of that scene for whatever reason. I'm a very visual person. I think of Back to the Future, where in part three, I believe, where they're trying to gain control of that train. Um, If we don't get control of it, something's going to happen and it's not going to be good.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and you know, a, a nice 80s '80s movie reference always makes everything more clear. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you. And here, I think here's the, one of the big problems that I see. There's a lot of talk about politics. There's a lot of talk about our nation. There's a lot of extreme, on both sides, there's a lot of extreme opinions about what's going to fix this nation. And, you know, people throw around words like socialism but i'm not sure whether a, a vast majority of people really understand what that is and how dangerous it really is you know because socialism is not as much you know it, it's very it's very economically based but it's actually a mindset and and once you know once a nation gets that mindset in it's very hard for for that mindset uh, to be removed would you agree with that
1: Absolutely, because what the way I try to explain socialism is like when you're trying to decide what hotel you're going to stay at, you you decide, you know, price obviously comes into play, but you make a decision based off of the amenities that the the hotel offers. So, you know, if if it free breakfast or has a pool or exercise room or whatever, you make those decisions. And so in America today, we are seeing a lot of amenities. And that's, you know, just for being an American, you get such and such and such and such. And so what we're seeing is, is the welfare systems beginning to replace fathers, the family structures being destroyed. And people say, well, how can the economy or socialism do this? And again, it's because we're replacing hard work. We're replacing, uh, if if a mom and a dad, they don't want to, you know, raise their children, you know, the government steps up and raises children. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that this is the way of the world. This is where we're at. And you can take a look all the way back in the 1930s. Sweden became one of the very first welfare states, and they gave all sorts of services. They gave all kind of payments to people. They funded people. They acquired uh, all these different amenities, as I like to call them. And so basically what happens is Governments eventually cannot sustain all of the amenities that they are providing to people. And so naturally, they start taxing more. And, and And we're seeing that already in America today because we have all these amenities and we're offering all these things and and people are you – know, are promoting the ideas like we, we have politicians who are promoting the ideas that you know those who have worked hard those who have have made a a nice lifestyle for themselves they should pay for everyone else that is socialism that's what that is and we're seeing the hints of it today eventually the economy of any country can no longer sustain all the amenities that is being given to all the people
0: yeah you're right and, and- as you were talking earlier, I believe everything comes back to um to, to biblical precepts. And I believe one of the big problems you know, And one of the reasons why we're, we are where we are, because in Scripture, you know, it's kind of hard. And you being a pastor and me being a pastor, we have to deal many times with, with a lot of these situations firsthand. And it's hard sometimes. Um, I'm not going to speak for you, but I know it's hard sometimes to to find that perfect little place where you help people like the Scripture tells you to help people. But yet you also don't make them, um, you know, make them w- not want Dependent. to work yeah dependent upon upon what you do and that, that's as a pastor you know that's that's tough that's that's hard when you see people struggling to know at what point do, do we stop but I believe the reason where we're at is because you know we ha- we are asking the government to do what actually the bible says the church was called to do to help those that are in need to take care of the widows, to take care of the orphans. And so I believe that every problem we have in this nation always comes back to a lack of biblical principles. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. 100%. You know, you reference dependency and you reference what the church is, you know, the role the church is supposed to play. And that's why I mentioned fathers and mothers. And, and we see this just uh, throughout all of our society that we are leaning more and more on government. And America was established to be a limited government where government didn't have their hands in everything. But when so many people are in, have so many needs, government steps in and plays the role that the church should play or the role that the father or the mother should play. And we're seeing this. It's a vicious, vicious cycle that continues to be repeated in our country. And it does have spiritual ramifications, as you point out. You know, when you take a look at the word of God in scripture, the Bible teaches us how we should treat the widows, as you mentioned, and how, you know, Jesus in Matthew chapter 25, he talked about how we should, you know, he said, you've done unto me because you've done unto them. You've met their needs. You visited them. You've clothed them. And so, you know, when America quits doing those things and we kind of shifted roles, that that's a problem. And 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 so you asked me earlier, what do you think? What's going to happen? I don't know that I have all the answers, but again, I just have to stress that we cannot continue down this road because it's going to uh, it's going to end poorly for a lot of people, and you know, and and the the economic point of view is only part of what we're what we are uh, investigating on the American Destiny series.
0: Yeah, so that's, you know, and, and really, if, if we look at politics, and we look at what's going on in our nation, the vast majority of people in our nation, um, while a lot of people have a lot of different opinions, when it comes right down to it, the economy is what is what moves people. Um, you know, in, in this nation, uh, we, money speaks and money talks, so to speak, uh, and and the economy. You know, people will overlook things in a politician if they believe that that politician can help the economy, and because there's a lot of emphasis put on that. And I'm not saying that's wrong necessarily. I think that that's you know that's a part of it, but I, once again you know, we have to get back, like you said, to biblical principles. And, you know, you were talking about how how people are asking the government to raise children. When once again, it comes back to even in, in that scripture where it talks about taking care of the widows, it says, it actually says to take care of the widows who do not have children to take care of them. So once again, In Scripture, God puts a responsibility on and and has said into place, this is actually how it's supposed to be. And then the Bible tells us, it tells us that in the church that the older men are to teach the younger men and the older women are to teach the younger women. And so God has put into place everything that we are trying to replace, that that we are trying to make the government do. Today, Scripture has already put into place um, what what how God wants us to handle these things. And and in my opinion, I'm just going to be honest, it's it's laziness of the church that has brought us to where we're at. And so we we really have to step out of that. I believe that America's destiny is is going to is very linked um to to the scriptural idea and whether or not we we go back to scripture where it says you you have to earn if, you know the where the bible says if a man doesn't work he doesn't eat now that may seem harsh to some people and I know that that's you know when he when, when when scripture says that it's not saying that you should let people starve to death by any means but but the idea that it is giving is is that if you want something you have to be willing to put put your first foot forward in order to to get into a direction where you can help yourself um, so so do you think when you talk about the economy and when you talk about socialism, um, how, how dangerous, how, how far along in this do you think we are?
1: Well, you know, when you think about socialism, and I want to say what you just said was absolutely spot on when you talk about the roles and, um, you know, biblical values. The reason why people aren't fulfilling their roles anymore, you know, fathers, and is because they're not being taught biblical values. We've, we've kicked God out of school, out of, out of public life. And in some cases, the church has kicked him out. And so we don't, you know, you, you referenced old men teaching young, young men, that's not happening anymore. We just don't have that happening in our country. And that's why I fear for our future. But your question about socialism there, how far along, let me say this. Government will never restrain government. Government will only expand government. And, and so what that means is, is that if government is is in control, then it's the to the satisfaction of the people in control. So it's the it's the politicians. I believe that this is completely and totally opposite of what our founding fathers wanted for our country. Now, when you talk about how far we are into this, you look at, you know, um, the Affordable Care Act is one of the um, ways that socialism has crept in. Let's just go ahead and be honest. The welfare system was never created to become a lifestyle, but rather it was created so that people that were hard on their luck could get back on their feet. We see programs like New Jersey a couple years ago, they started promoting this idea called paycheck equality, and that meant that everyone was going to get a check every month for twelve hundred dollars just for living there. And so you start asking yourself, well, if I need to go dig a ditch for twelve hundred dollars or settle my couch for twelve hundred dollars, ding, ding, I'm going to settle my couch. So this is what's this is what's happening. And so these are all socialist Programs and socialism will lead, everyone needs to hear this, will lead to full blown communism. And you say, oh no, never. I just would challenge you look at how far from what our founders wanted. uh, Look how far we've come. You know, the Constitution should be the idea, not a new idea. The Constitution should guide our policy. The Constitution should give us the direction. The Constitution was written by individuals who knew that it could not stand without morality and virtue. We should be focused on preserving the Constitution, and you can only preserve the Constitution by preserving the faith of a nation. George Washington, his first inaugural address, he walks down the streets of New York City and has a church service where he dedicates the nation to God. So we cannot create our own ideas of America. The Constitution is the idea, and we've got to get back to the Constitution, or America's economy will not be able to sustain all the amenities that we continue to give everyone.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, um, and I think that one of the big problems in this in our nation right now is that people are more sold out to their political ideologies Absolutely. than they are the the Constitution, and and even even more importantly than they even are their faith. Now, i'm going to, I'm gonna throw you a curveball and i'm I'm probably going to catch you off guard um but as you were talking um this kind of come to you know this kind of come to my to my mind and I just want to ask you I have said uh, multiple times that I believe that the church has an unholy alliance with politics. Now, in saying that, I'm not saying that we should not know anything about politics because I believe we sh- we should know exactly who we're voting for and we should know what they stand for and we should know what's going on in our nation. But what I what I mean by that is is that the church has married itself to a political ideology and Many times that ideology takes precedence over the word of God. Could you just, and like I said, I know I'm catching you off guard here. This is kind of a a curveball, but could you talk about that for just a little bit?
1: Absolutely would love to. So in my latest podcast, Cycle of Civilizations, I play a clip from Paul Harvey. And -hmm. Paul Harvey, he's, he's talking about if he were the devil, what he would do. And one of the things he says is, our Father who art in Washington,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or our God who art in Washington, and what he was saying was is basically what you just said: is there is in fact an unholy alliance between the church and politics, and you know, I'm probably going to tread into some water, but you threw the curveball, so I've got to hit it. Um, <laughs> but, but you know. President Trump has done a lot of great things for evangelicals and for the Christian community. And I, I mean, no disrespect to him and anything I'm about to say. But what I will say is, is that a lot of Christians today have put their total faith and trust in him. And and, you know, we're not called to put our trust in a man. We're not called okay. to put our trust in a politician. We, in fact, are called to put our trust in God. And so that's why. And, I you know, I was just preaching this past Sunday and I said to me. You know whoever wins the election it's not going to change my future because my times, as yes. the psalms have said, are in the hands of God, and so you know we have got to uh to kind of break away from some of that um and, and I'm actually a firm believer that the church should be heavily involved in, in politics. I think the church should be speaking about the issues and talking about that. And prior to, to uh, President Johnson, uh, when he was in the House, that was something that was able to be done all the way through the American Revolution, up through the Civil War, up until President Johnson pushed for some legislation in the House that said, you know what? If you want tax exemption, you can't talk about things from behind your pulpit. I disagree with that. It is the law currently, but I do disagree with it and will follow it. But with that being said, I think that we should be talking about the issues. I think the church, through the light of God, should be the compass for our country. We should be be sending the light of Jesus. We are to be his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece. And so what he, where he stands on the issues, that's where we should stand. But I tell people all the time, he's neither a Republican or Democrat, and we can't get in the bed of politicians, per se, into politics um, and and sell ourselves out. Uh, we've got to stand for truth. And, and I will say this, uh, there are some good qualities about Vice President Joe Biden that Christians should grab a hold of. And there are qualities from President Trump that Christians should grab a hold of. But there are also very anti-Christian things from both of those politicians. And I, I don't know that everyone sees that all the time.
0: Yeah, and I believe it's the responsibility as as the church and as those who, who say that they are kingdom-minded to, no matter who they vote for, no matter, you know, if, if you vote for Trump or you vote for Joe Biden, um, I'm not going to tell people who they should vote for, but whoever it is, we should not be afraid to um, call them out when we feel that they're not doing what, you know, we feel scripturally they should be doing. And so what, you know, what, what party they're a part of shouldn't have anything to do with whether or not they get by with doing things that shouldn't be done. And that's kind of what I, you know, that's kind of the thing that I see. Like I said, on both sides of the aisle where people no longer look at what's going on, they look at the platform. They look at the agenda of a party. And I've talked about this a lot, and, and, you know, I'm sure I get myself in trouble, but here's the deal. It's as important as knowing what's going on in our nation is, as important as knowing who you're voting for and why you're voting for them, and, and voting for what I believe to be um, somebody that you feel you know, as closely as possible aligns with your, with, your moral, with, your, with your morality and your moral standard. But what's going to change this nation? is when the church once again becomes the church and they start living their lives according to the word of God and not just telling the world that they should line up with the word of God because you know we we've been hearing the last few months about how you know, there needs to be unity in the United States of America but quite frankly there's not unity in the church and so we're all, we're we're hypocritical to even preach things like that that we don't see ourselves and so talk for a moment if you could just about how the, the separation, so how can we be involved in politics, yet not let politics um, point us in the direction that we go, that we can be led by something else?
1: Well, the compass is the word of God. Now, if you're speaking specifically about the church, obviously we have to follow the laws of the land. And, um, but what you can do as a pastor, this is something I'm well versed on. I've studied it. I want to know what I can and can't do. You can talk about the issues. What you can't do is in an endorse a candidate. So right. you can't get up and say, Hey church, you need to vote. for So I endorse them. Now you can as an individual, like I can go on my radio program and do it if I so choose. But, um, you know, the compass is the word of God. So if we want to know, you know, what, where to stand, we need to stand on the word of God. Now here's the problem. And this is where it gets a little, I don't know, ugly, I guess, is that again, you can look at both candidates and you can find things like, you know, I say this to people and they're like, because they are so party oriented, Mm -hmm. they, they just like lose their mind. I think uh, get, get ready here now, get ready. I think we should take care of our environment. Now, I right. know that makes me sound like anti-Republican, but right. the reality of it is it's actually being a good steward of what God has given us. You know, so I, I, think that that's you. A, yes, I think that's a, a good way of going. And so, but Republicans, they, you know, a, a lot of times, not all of them, they have a different viewpoint on some of those things. And, you know, and then you take an issue like of abortion. You know, abortion is, basically, for the most part, a Republican platform issue. Conservatives are opposed to abortion, whereas for the most part, Democrats and liberals, they are very open to it and, and honestly in some very egregious ways. And so you take all these different issues and I can see on both sides. But I, here's, here's my biggest issue. So I don't understand how you can claim compassion. You promote compassion but yet you you can't stand for life i have a serious serious issue with that but we as christians need to be in the light we need to you you want to know how to change this country and i know you're going to agree with this you change this country by allowing your walk your life to be the sermon if anyone has if the world has ever needed true christianity that time's now and true christianity is a very radical concept It is what Jesus said about turning the other cheek and it's about praying and blessing those who despitefully use you that that's radical ideas because in our flesh, in our natural selves, We don't want to do those things, but that's what Christianity is. And Christianity is accepting other people, no matter their color of their skin, no matter where they've come from or where they've been. This is what Jesus promoted. This is what he taught. And he said, listen, if you want to show the world that you love me and you want to have the love of the father living in you, then you keep my commandments. That's what he taught us to do. He told us to love people no matter who they are, what they are, where they've been, or what color their skin is. And the world needs that today.
0: Yeah, very much so. And, and, you know, coming up in traditional, you know, well, traditional Pentecostalism, um, just just like you, a lot of times whenever you talk about, you know, I've actually heard people talk about, you know, well, the love preachers. Those are love preachers. Well, you know, I've said it a thousand times love is the message and in 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 standing up for what we believe which i believe we should i believe as the body of christ i believe the church of jesus christ is the most powerful entity on the face of the earth and that we can we can make changes in this nation and changes in this world like nobody else can because we are backed by the power and the authority of jesus christ but in the midst of doing that and standing for what we believe we must also like you said we must love and we must we must show love and we must even those we don't agree with uh, you. I don't understand where the con uh, what, what has happened to the concept in this nation of you is you can you can disagree with people and still get along you know, anymore. It's not like that anymore. If you disagree with somebody, you know, they're stupid. They're an idiot. You know, we have, call people names and we've really lost the message of the gospel in all of this and during an election season. Um, you know, things things just get crazy uh, with with the way, and, and sometimes it's almost embarrassing to watch how Christians act in the midst over politics. I mean, we've just you know we're in the middle of a pandemic right now, and we've we we we're, we're seeing all these things happen, and in the midst of in the midst of all that. The last few months is all that's Christians have said I have seen Christians say things and do things that have made me want to say, you know what? I don't I'm not sure what they are, but I don't want any part of that because we have been called to love. We have been called to love. And, and that even means, like you said, those who despitefully use us, those who don't agree with us, those who have different values than we do. That doesn't mean we agree with them. It doesn't mean that we hold, hold them up in what they believe, but it does mean that we love them because ultimately, isn't it the church's job to not, not to change people's minds, but to change people's hearts.
1: The church through the power of Jesus Christ is the uh, the Hope for this nation and but it can't be the Church that we have created because in many ways we have created a concept that's far different than the Word of God, and we've actually created a God and worship a God that we've created by our own hands or our own minds. We need to get back to the basics, back to the values that are taught in the word of God, and then do our best, our utmost to live those things. You know, I think, and again, my passion for American history, I think back to one like Benjamin Franklin, who was a deist. And when he was talking about the constitution and talking about our government, he he sent out a warning and it still echoes in our ears today. He said that this country, this constitution could not stand if we removed morality, that the constitution was actually created for a virtuous and a moral people now he's a deist he wasn't a christian but he he went further and he said listen let me tell you something the best teacher of morality is the bible and i think that's why we see its removal today because it is so contradictory to what uh, the world wants and what people want and i think you know we're getting ready to go into a what i think is going to be a battle uh, over this Supreme court pick. And it, they're already showing their hand. They're going to attack her faith, her religion, her, her beliefs are outdated. And that's the, see, that's the problem is that, you know, you, you use the word traditional, traditional values are outdated today. No one wants to hold to those values, but like Jeremiah, the prophet, I think we need to go back to the old paths.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There there are there are a lot of things we need to go back and and pick those things up again. If we're going to see if if we're going to save this nation from from what it's headed toward spiritually especially, we must go back to some of the the old values and the old paths like you said uh, that we saw in scripture. So, we've been talking about, you know, the nation, the nation as a whole, um and we've kind of alluded to this, but I want to ask you where do you think right now the church in America is? We've talked a lot about uh, politics and we've talked about uh, America as a, as a nation, but where do you see the church in America? Where do you believe that it's at now? Where do you see that it's going? And, Do you believe that the church can come back to a place where it can? Because, listen, I I personally believe that if this nation recovers, if this nation gets back on track, it will be through the people of God praying and getting getting on their face before God. So where do you see the church now? Where do you think that it's going? Um, And do you believe that the church can get to a place to once again lead this nation back um, into into the old paths that Christ has set for us?
1: Well, you know, my American destiny series covers three things. We've talked about two of them talks about the economy. uh, It talks about politics. And then the other one is spiritual destiny. And to answer your question, the Bible says that Jesus Christ will present to himself a church without spot or wrinkle. It also teaches us that he purchased the church with his own blood. And, and and, And we also know that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Now, with that being said, the church is going to come back. It's just, in my opinion, this is my opinion, it's not going to be in the shape or form that it's in currently. I think that God is beginning to wake pastors up. I believe he's beginning to to speak to ministers. I believe he's beginning to shake Christians who have sat in the dust of a pew for so many years, and I I believe he's beginning to bring an awakening into their soul. I think the conditions around us uh, in our country and our world are probably going to deteriorate that 's my opinion again, my opinion I think there's evidence to back that up, but I think the conditions are going to deteriorate and I believe that any time and you, whether it be through scripture or through looking down through history, whenever people have ended up on the flight or their back, they only have but one option, and that is to look up and so I believe we're going to begin to call out to God and we're going to begin to cry out to God and I do believe that we're going to witness another great awakening. And I believe that although maybe circumstances around us won't be the best, it's going to position us. It's all about positioning. And I believe that it's going to position us into a place where we're going to see a move of God, maybe that we have never, ever seen before. There's a lot of things we read in scripture and we wonder, you know, why aren't these things happening? And, and But the reality of it is, is we're not positioned in the right place. I often tell a story about how we love a place called Jekyll Island, Georgia. And it had been many years since we have been, since we had been there. And this happened many years ago, I guess. But when I first got there, the only thing I cared about was running and getting into that water. And I went out in that water, almost chest high. And I realized, Oh no, I've got my keys and my cell phone in my pocket. They're underwater. And you know, the Lord really began to speak to me about that whole thing that had happened because we need to go to a deeper place in God, but there's some things that we can't take into deep waters. And so there's some things that don't belong in deep waters. And so I believe that God is positioning us even now, even with the COVID-19 pandemic, when everything was shut down, I know you were one of the voices saying this. I was as well. God is calling us to slow down and realize that some of our priorities in life, they're just a little bit out of whack. And he's calling us to another great move of God. I believe it with everything in me. Again, I think everything outside the church per se, you know, the economy, the politics and all that stuff is actually being used of God to position us into a place to receive what he has next for us.
0: Yeah, I believe all of those things are a manifestation of, of where the church has been lacking. And of course, you and I have talked about this countless times, but, you know, Like you said, during the pandemic and and when things were happening, it just seemed like everybody was, especially in the church world, they were, everybody was in a hurry to get back to normal without seeing that maybe God was actually trying to to break us out of that. And I like what you said there when you said that, that God, you believe that God is, the church is going to rise up again and the church is going to the church is going to come forth again and there will be revival but it may not look like what it once did and it may not it may not look like what we're expecting out of that cuz I, I i wholeheartedly agree with you on that i believe what god is doing in this last day many many of those in religious circles are going to miss it because they do not it doesn't look like what they're expecting it to look like Um, You know, if if you think about it, it it parallels when 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 Jesus the Messiah came, he was not accepted because he did not look like what they were expecting. You know, if you if you do study, I've often heard that if you do study the um, the early jews actually believed that there were two messiahs they believed that there was going to be a suffering messiah and then they believed there was going to be a reigning messiah um, and jesus didn't look like what they were expecting not realizing that he was both and it's and because of that they missed him i love the scripture where jesus is looking over the city and he said I, he said oh jerusalem oh jerusalem i would have taken you under my wings and i believe there's going to be many in the church miss out on the true last day's move of God. And I, I, I want to kind of input this, um, that I believe, I believe we would, you know, and, and we, we've talked about this, that I believe we will see revival in this nation. I do not believe that God is going to use a nation like the United States of America has been used to spread the gospel. The United States of America has, has spread the gospel, um, to more places and been been used by God more than any other nation in history to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I do not believe that we're going to see revival in other nations, which we are I mean in, in nations that have nothing that, that don't have half of what the United States has as far as prosperity doesn't have many of those nations don't have the freedom yet they are seeing in underground churches and things like that, they are seeing revival take place in their homes and, and in small underground churches they're seeing God is moving. I don't believe that God is going to allow that to take place in the United States of America is just going to not see revival. I, I I'm with you. I believe there will be revival now what it's going to look like and what the um, atmosphere of this nation is going to be at the time of that happens. I think we're yet, we're, we're yet to know that, but I believe the pandemic, uh, you know, is, is a perfect example of that. How much whining has taken place, you know, especially when it comes to worshiping, when there are people in other countries that, you know, their, their countries didn't just say, hey, you need, to, you need to shut down for a few weeks. Their countries say, if you go to church on a Sunday morning, we're going to kill you. And, 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 and we just show how, how, how pampered uh, the church in America is. And so, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I believe that God is going to move. What it's going to look like, I'm not sure in episode one, I um, if if y'all haven't listened to that, I talk with my dad uh, about some of the end time prophecies and stuff like that that are taking place, and, and some of the extremes. Um, before we before we get off here, Tom Tom Tommy, I'd like to I'd like to just kind of ask you to talk about that for a moment about some of the end time prophecies that have been given and how extreme they are some of them are are basically prophesying the that death to america you know that, that this is the end some of them are prophesying no we will see revival um and it's not the end um could you could you just kind of maybe uh, just for a short time here just kind of talk about that for a moment
1: yeah absolutely i um so i think I may have a different viewpoint than a lot of people i you know i listen to uh you know, prophecies of old people like David Wilkerson. And, and then of course I'm, I'm also familiar with some of the prophecies that have uh, newly emerged uh, that, you know, say America, yeah, there's, there's one out there. I'm not going to mention names, but there's one out there that says that, you know, America will be overtaken. I think around election day, I don't think that's going to happen, but I, here's what I think. I think that, you know, so it's like you got, some over here prophesying that these bad things are going to happen and then you've got this other group over here prophesying that there's going to be this great revival. I actually believe that both can be true and it goes back to what I had already said. I really do believe and I don't know all the specifics, but I do believe that there could be some, you know, some bad things happen, you know, just like we've seen before, but they're going to push us into a place where God moves because a humble and broken Uh, contrite spirit. He will not refuse. So I think that we have to, you know, if you go back to the book of Acts and you begin to study the early church, the gospel began to spread when they got spread out because of persecution. So I actually believe that persecution against the church in America is going to increase. You know, you referenced uh, persecution in other countries. I was in India, my very first trip to India. I preached in a pastor's church. And then when I left within a week, uh, radical Hindus came, drug him into the woods and murdered him. And I'm told it was because he had us there, because he he let us be there. And, you know, this is what people in other countries are facing, some stuff that we know nothing about. And so I think in a lot of ways, we are taking for granted, you know, the church and its importance. Uh, we are taking for granted our relationship with God in this country. And just like societies of old, you know, you, you study Israel throughout the Old Testament, there are going to be consequences for that. But again, what I say is, is that I think you should use extreme caution when prophesying things um, and make sure that your motives, and this is not a judgment on on anyone, but make sure your motives are pure. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times some people say things to get their claim to fame. And I think we need to be very, very careful because when people hear these things, people buy into these things and people um, unfortunately put their trust in that person. And then when that person's wrong, that person, uh, they lose faith in God. They lose faith in other ministers. I mean, so we have to be very, very cautious. It's a, it's a, it's a cycle if we're not careful. Uh, but I do believe that some difficult circumstances and some challenges are going to lead to some great and awesome things with the Lord. I really do believe that again, I'm like you, I don't know what it's all going to look like. I don't know how it's all going to happen. And uh, it's easy for all of us right now to kind of get on that, you know, the world's going to burn mentality. That'd be super easy. I mean, no one has seen a year like 2020. I guess unless you lived in the early 1900s. But anyway, so like this is something that we, uh, we, we should process. You know, the Bible says, "Try the spirits, see if they be of God." Um, so we just got to see. But the one thing I do know is we should be praying. We should be fasting. We should be getting closer to God. And allowing him to speak in us and through us, and I think the message right now is intimacy with him, nearness with him, getting closer to him, and that's going to lead us to the place we should be.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm glad you said that because that that's per, those are all personal things. Intimacy intimacy with him, um, being close to him. Many times the church approaches everything corporately, but while kind of going away from and not putting as much emphasis on personally and as you said intimacy with god devotion to god is what's going to bring us where we need to be it also is what's going to i believe save this nation because you know, it, it, we, we've heard it quoted so many times in just the last few minutes. If, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. And I believe that, although I do think sometimes people just say it because it sounds good. But if we truly start to believe that, um, it's definitely going to uh, change things. And and I love what you said there. It begins with, with the personal things. It begins individually. And so many times we have to look in a mirror and many times we have to look and say, um, you know, God, what can I do? Where, where can I be exactly where you want me to be? How can I respond in times like this? And that's hard sometimes because, um, you know, there, there's a mentality where everybody wants to be part of a group. And so many times we'll follow the group and we'll follow these things. But, Like we talked about earlier, the answer is not going to come from Washington. The answer is not going to come um, from politicians. The answer is only going to come through through the people of God once again coming back to him. And, uh, you know, that's powerful. So God wants us to be intimate. Um, If if you would, um, Tommy, I'd like for for you just to pray. Just pray for those who are listening. Um, In the times we're living in, there's a lot of fear that's going around. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, many times people don't know what to think about that. I you know, I have no idea sometimes what to think about it. Um, and we don't know what's true, what's not true. And and really none of that matters in the sense of we can't do anything about it. But so there's a lot of people dealing with fear. There's a lot of people who are dealing with fear about the election and what's going to happen if if my side doesn't win. And uh, there's just all kinds of things going around. But if you could, just could you just take a moment and just um, just pray with the people, and just ask God, to, you know, to 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 reveal to them that intimacy and 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 devotion to Him is what is what's going to bring them through that.
1: Absolutely, Father, we thank you, God. We just thank you for this opportunity um, to share Your truth, God. We pray for every person that's listening, uh, no matter when they listen, God. Your your message is timeless, Lord. I pray. That you would ease the concerns of every person that listens. God, that you would minister and touch God and reveal who you are. God, as we as individuals draw close to you, Father, I pray, God, that you would put even a greater desire for us to be near. And God, that not only would we have the desire to be near, but Father, as you begin to get near to us, let others see that you are, in fact, the way the truth and the life lord i pray god we don't know what's going to happen with the election or in politics or or anything like that lord and and i pray lord that we would not put our trust in, even in that god but we would look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith father i pray that every person here tonight knows that they're loved and that you would bankrupt heaven for them i pray that every person listening would know that you didn't come to condemn the world but Lord, that through you, the world could be saved. I pray today that every person knows that no matter where they've been or what they've done, you love them. And Lord, no matter how close they get or how far away they get, you're going to love them the same. You are love. And we thank you for that. Lord, I pray today that America, Lord, even though we share the message of love, there's still a standard and that, Lord, we would raise that standard. We would lift the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ and let people know that you are the truth, you are the way, you are the life, and that life you've come to give it more abundantly. Lord, I pray for the peace that surpasses human understanding to fall in this country, to fall on this country, and to surround this people. And that, Lord, even people who are that have evil flowing through their veins and have such hatred and bitterness and all kind of strife, Lord, I'm going to pray, God, that supernaturally, even as you change the heart of Pharaoh, God, that you just begin to do a work in this country, Lord, that brings us together. And, Lord, we know that there are possibly divisive days ahead. And, Lord, this election, Lord, we have no idea how people are going to respond. We have a uh, an idea of how it may happen or what may go down. But Lord, I'm just going to pray that you establish yourself in this country. But Lord, I I know that you're a gentleman and I pray, Lord, that we establish you in our hearts so that this nation will once again establish you and give you your rightful place. We love you. We thank you, Lord. I pray, God, for this podcast. I pray that you will make it grow. I pray that you will bless it. I pray that you will bless Bobby and his family and that, God, that your message of truth God, that brings things in focus would go forth like never before. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Tommy, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule uh, to, to talk to me for a little bit. And um, I want to thank you for, for all you do. Once again, b- before we go off the air, I want you to remind everyone where they can find um, what's important now um, and listen to you on the radio and, and on a podcast.
1: So if you're local in West Virginia, uh, the uh, West Virginia radio airs our program at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings all across the state. Uh, Our podcast platforms are many, uh, including Apple, Spotify, um, Podpoint. So, Spreaker, so many Buzzsprout, I could go on and on and on so many different, uh, podcast platforms. We would love to have you join our cause, uh, because we believe that our cause is one for battling for the soul of this country and, and trying to usher morals and virtue back to our nation. Um, and then also we would encourage you to like us on Facebook at Win radio show at Win radio show we're on Facebook. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and, uh, it's been a blast. I I love doing this. It's one of my greatest passions. And so I appreciate the invite and, uh, want to thank you for having me.
0: Thanks. Thanks once again for coming. So, um, check, check him out, check him out on Facebook, check him out on the radio if you're local. Um, and if you're not local, subscribe, um, on one of those platforms for his podcast, uh, you won't be sorry that you did. Um, also, remember to if you haven't already subscribe to In Focus podcast. We're on just about every platform. I, I noticed that um, here just in the last week or so, um, our podcasts are now up on Apple. Um, so if you if you have iTunes and you're listening on Apple, um, it really helps if you would maybe leave a review, uh, subscribe to it, but also leave a, a really good review. That helps with. Um, uh, allowing Apple to show more people our podcast and everything. Uh, But we want to thank everybody for listening. And just remember that in in a time where there's a lot of confusion, in a time where things get crazy, um, Christ always keeps us in focus. Thank you and God bless.